Even when we are faithless, God is faithful. Praise the Lord. Amen. Shall we turn to the scriptures? James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Praise God. Amen. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Quench your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. We pray that Christ will be exalted in the house. We pray that the Spirit of God will work in each and every one of us. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus. Every critical spirit, we bind them in Jesus' name and we take victory in the house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Amen. So we've been talking about how God wants us to go from victory to victory and how is it that we can achieve victory in our lives. The steps to victory. James makes it very clear what is it that we need to do and we see an unveiling of a battle plan there. So we talked about a few things and we just want to, don't, don't want to take too much time to recap, but we said that it's in three directions, the upward direction and the upward direction we submit to God and what do we do? When we need to submit to God, and what does happen? God draws near to you. The second direction we said was the inward direction. And in the inward direction, what, are we, what is it that we're supposed to do? We need to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. Okay, that means actions plus motives. And we can be double-minded. And when that happens, the outcome is holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see God. So as we are going to engage the enemy, we want to make sure that we are clear with the Lord and we don't give room for the enemy to work in our lives. And the third direction that we talked about is the outward direction. And about the outward direction, we said that the Bible says we should resist the devil. When we resist the devil, what happens is very clear. The scripture tells what the outcome is. The outcome is, the Bible says, he will flee away. Last week, we talked about the different strategies that the enemy uses. And through the life of Jesus, we saw how Jesus overcame the enemy every time, each time, every time. Jesus used the sword of the Spirit, and we said three things. It's important to memorize the scripture, utter or recite the scriptures, and finally, we need to submit to the scripture. If we don't need to submit to the scripture, then we cannot overcome the enemy. The enemy uses various strategies. All of them are not direct assaults, some of them are indirect. We need to be sensitive to understand the working of the enemy. 
And three things last week we talked about. Number one, he does, he casts doubt, the E factor. The second thing, he wants us to act independently. God wants us to depend on God. The third thing that we said is, he always offers instant gratification. The now effect. The now wow effect. That's what we talked about. But we said that if we are willing to yield ourselves to the Lord, God will bring forth a time when there is a timely gratification that we need in our life. The enemy is not going to just sit around quietly. It's never over. All right? He keeps coming back. So we talked about the attacks during the sacred moments, the attacks during the high moments, and the attacks during the critical moments. That's how far we came. And today we want to move on to the next part, and we want to look into the scripture as to how is it that we are able to overcome the enemy. Praise God. God wants us to overcome the enemy. And every child of God needs to come to a place of understanding that we who are the children of God, God intends that all of us win the battle against this enemy. We started by saying that we are not in a playground, but we are in a battleground. As we are in a battleground, we know that there is an assault that is unleashed against the children of God as individuals, as families, as churches, as a community, as a nation. Praise the Lord. But the most important thing is we as individuals in our personal lives, we should be able to resist the enemy and don't give him grounds or reasons for him to make an assault in our lives. The enemy will keep coming back again and again. So what is it? How is it that we are able to resist this enemy that keeps on coming back without any shame? We need to understand that, that the enemy will make inroads, but he cannot make inroads, neither can he promote his programs into our lives if we resist him. Wherever there is no resistance, that's where he promotes his plan. That's where he promotes its agenda. That's where he unleashes his plan and his purpose. And Jesus made it very clear in John 10.10, 10, what is underlining plan is. It's simple. Jesus said that thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he wants to come. Whether it is individual lives, whether it is family or church, that's his agenda. And he can only make so much inroad only if we allow him. How is it that we allow failure to resist him. When we fail to resist him, when we don't push him back, that's when he makes inroads into our lives. Now, there is something that's very important that we need to understand, that just because a moment of resistance might not be enough in every case in our life. See, sometimes the 
the temptations or the allure, allurements or the assault of the enemy would last only for a short period of time. Sometimes it lasts for a long period of time, depending on what it is, okay? So some victories, you gain it immediately. Some victories are the result of long, hard battles in life. This is very important for us to understand. And what is it that gives us endurance, stamina, and the tenacity that we need to keep on resisting? See, as human beings, we can get tired after some times. There are times when we want to throw in the towel and just walk away from it. Call it quits. But what is it that keeps a person continuously resisting? What would keep a person to stand fast on the ground and keep pressing forward? All right? So that's what we want to look this morning. And for that, we want to start with saying that this is what God intends from our lives. Number one, God says that you and I are born to win. Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am born to win. Praise the Lord. Now, this is a very important concept that has to be etched in our hearts. Okay? Etched in our hearts. The Bible says, not the pastor, that you and I are born to win. Praise the Lord. Now, I don't know. When I read that, that, that excites me. And that puts some assurance and confidence deep down within my heart. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that I am born to win. Praise the Lord. See, none of us are born to lose. Praise the Lord. None of us are born to lose. Norman Vincent, one day as he was walking through the streets of Hong Kong, he passed by a tattoo shop. As he passed through a, by a tattoo shop, he was mesmerized by different tattoos that the store was advertising. Some were tattoos about a mermaid, some were tattoos about the flag, some were images of, of, of people, leaders, but then there was one tattoo that caught his attention. It was a small phrase. It said, born to lose. The guy looked at it and said, born to lose? He walked into the store, looked at the fellow who was standing there at the counter, and he said, I looked at all the images that you are advertising that you want to put on people as tattoos, but Tell me the truth. Is there really someone who would come and say, you know, would you please put this tattoo on my arm that says, born to lose? The man looked at him and said, yes, sir. We do get customers who come and say, can you please put that ta tattoo on my arm which says, born to lose? Then the man looked at him and he said, before the tattoo comes on the arm, that it is already tattooed in his mind. See, let me ask you, what is inscribed in your mind? Praise God. None of us are born to lose 
all of us are born to win. Praise God. We are born to win. Who says this? God said this. Praise God. This is what the word of God says. And I want you to look at this verse. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. This is what our Bible says. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Okay, look at it carefully. I want everybody to, to say this together, all right? Look at that verse. We're going to repeat this together. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Amen. Praise God. Hey, turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you know that everyone, that includes me. Praise the Lord. See, there are no privileged or special class of Christians. We are all God's children. If we are God's children, God wants us to Win. Praise the Lord. God wants us to win. Now, if you are if you have faltered in your walk with God, if you have slipped in your walk with God, if you have stumbled in your walk with God, don't stay there and roll there, but you need to get up. Praise God. Shake yourself up. And I'll tell you what to do so that you can also be in over. Comer. Praise the Lord. See, overcoming the world. I have repeated this. I have said this in the past. But since we are talking about this, I just want to touch this. We have three enemies that are strategically located in three different places. There is Satan, there is world, and there is flesh. And they are strategically located in three strategic positions. The Satan operates infernally. All right? The world operates externally and the flesh operates internally. So it's a triangle. I want you to understand it's a triangle. Okay? Satan, world, and flesh. And there is a triangle within the realms of the flesh. Okay? Satan empowers the world. The world puts its allurements on the flesh. Flesh means the fallen nature or the old man. And within the flesh, there is three realms where this world can attract us and capture our attention, our affection away from us. And the three things are, we know, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, one, the whole world is in the power of the evil one. The whole world is in the power of the evil one. Number two, Paul writes, Paul says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbeliever so that he cannot see the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So this world that we are talking about, this world is in the grip of Satan. 
okay and he is known as the god of this world god with not the capital g but the god with the with the smaller g that's a big difference all right okay all right okay let's move on so the world is in the grip of the evil one and he uses the world around us to to tantalize us to get our attention to get our affection and to capture our mind our thoughts our affections our desires and allure us into the realms of the world but the bible says those who are born of god overcomes praise god listen those who are born of god what does it mean to be born of god what does it mean to be born of god hmm first john no john chapter 1 verse 13 somebody read it john 1:13 read it from 12 and 12 onwards we should know verse 12 if you don't know verse 13 to all those who received him those who believed in his name he gave them the authority to the right to become to be known as the children of god now the next words listen to this very carefully because we want to know what it is to be born of god all right verse 13 yes children born not of natural descent uh or human hmm human decision uh or a man's or a husband's will uh but born of god hello praise god amen look this is how one version says who were born not of blood natural conception nor of the will of the flesh physical impulse nor of the will of man that of a natural father but of god that is divine and supernatural birth they are born of god spiritually transformed hey you and i are born to win now the only thing that we have to make sure is that we are born of god praise god the lord is telling me that i'm not only born of god but i am born of god what does that mean one is i am born of god not the second one is god bears me he carries me praise god isn't that beautiful everyone who's born b o r n of god is born by god or bear by god god carries you and me listen what it is how is it that we are born of god all those who all those who received him and believed in his name he gave them the right to become the children of god so the word of god the word of god which the bible calls it the incorruptible imperishable seed 
this book the word of god which is the incorruptible seed and the holy spirit it's in it it works within us and we are born of god into the family of god into the kingdom of god praise god amen so if you and i are assured of the fact that i am born of god then the bible says we will what overcome praise god amen praise god this should put assurance confidence in each and every one of us what is it that will keep help us to keep pushing back is the fact the bible has already pronounced what hey the bible has already pronounced that i am a i am an overcomer and so if i believe what the word says if i believe what the word of god says it puts me on a platform where i am operating not from a neutral ground not from a lower ground i am operating from a platform that is a victory platform victory that is taken by jesus i am operating from that platform and i go from victory to victory from power to power from grace to grace from glory to glory i am operating from the platform i believe what god has said about me that i am an overcomer by virtue of the fact that i am born of god praise the lord amen when i was meditating i said praise god Amen far too often we as Christians you know we have all, always had this defeated mentality we need to come out of the defeated mentality and we need to trust what God says about us praise God God says that I am an overcomer praise God so this morning if you are hearing another voice in your spirit in your ears saying eh you're not going to cut it you're not going to make it you're not going to finish that finish line you're going to fall apart you're going to be thrown out i want to tell you you look at the devil and you tell him i am born of god and god has already spoken over me that i am an overcomer Praise God. I have a demonstration. My two demonstrators, where are they? Come. Come up. Praise God. I have two demonstrators. They're going to come up. Come, come, come. Quick, 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 quick. All right. Praise God. We have two here. They both are children of God. For demonstration purpose, we're going to turn the saint into Satan and we're going to turn this young man here as a Christian. All right? so he is the one who's assaulting the enemy always comes to assault and he is a christian he is resisting the attack now looking at both of them just simply looking at both of them tell me who has a better chance to win 
Tell me who has a better chance to win? Huh? Who? In the natural, who has a better chance to win? Of course, the big guy will win. Right? That's the natural thing. That's the natural thing. Now, you need to understand, your enemy, my enemy, the adversary, the accuser, is not a puny little fellow. All right? Don't, don't undermine him. Don't underestimate him. But you need to understand, we cannot fight him off with our own strength. Okay, so here they go. Okay, so he's inserting pressure now, applying pressure. He, this, this, this is where the assault is coming. He's pressing in, and he, as a Christian, he's resisting. As he continues to resist, after some time, anyone can get tired. So, the first thing, what causes him as a Christian to resist even though he knows that the odds are stacked against him, what causes him to resist is the word of God. God says about him, Son, Benjamin, you are my child. You are born of God. And I have already got the victory for you. You are an overcomer. Now this verse is in his heart and that is what is causing him to resist it. As the battle gets strong, as the heat in the battle increases, what keeps him applying? The pressure is the, the assurance or the confidence deep down within him that tells him that I am born of God. I am an overcomer. Praise God. Every Christian have to etch this in your heart that I am an overcomer and I will overcome. If not today, tomorrow. If not tomorrow, day after. If not day after, next month. I don't know what battle you are going through. My friend, regardless of the battle, the length of the battle that is going through, I want to tell you the victory is already pronounced heaven has already said you are an overcomer praise God don't give up don't give up tell your neighbor don't give up praise God praise God now the question is who is it that overcomes the world praise God hallelujah the answer John gives it by himself John says only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Of course, that happened, and that's how you became a Son of God. Now, the Bible makes it very clear that, you know, this is the victory of what? This is the victory of faith. Praise God. Faith in who? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Children of God, don't put your faith in any programs. Praise God. It's not the faith in program that will make us overcomer. It is the faith in the person of Jesus Christ that makes me the overcomer. 
praise God. So number one, I am born of God. Number two, Jesus is an overcomer. Praise God. Every time, each time, every assault, he overcame. Jesus stared straight into the eye of the enemy and he overcame. Praise God. And this Jesus has taken residence in me. Praise God. Who said it? John says, He who is in us is greater than he that is in the world. So he has the assurance of God's pronouncement that I am a son of God and I am an overcomer. Number two, who is in residence in? The Spirit of God. So he has the second assurance that he that is within me is greater than he that is exerting the pressure on me. So as this battle intensifies, he is not just simply relying on his own power, but he's relying on a supernatural power that is within him. That supernatural power is the Holy Spirit power, is the presence of God power that equips him, that energizes him to push back. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we are not trusting a program, but we are trusting what? The person. Not any person. Not the Pope. Not the priest. Not the pastor. Hallelujah. But who? The person, Jesus Christ. Praise God. He's the one that gives me the strength to resist him. Are you guys tired? It's just the beginning, okay? This is a long battle. Okay, all right. Okay, let's move on. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in what? See, what is faith? Faith is not just simply agreeing what God is saying. It's beyond that. Faith is, faith is actively, actively participating and agreeing what God is saying and becoming active with that truth. In other words, I am not just simply believing what he's saying. I am taking steps based on what he is saying because what he is saying is true. What Jesus says is true. If he says something, it's the truth. You can bank on it. Praise God. If he says something, if he says, I will not leave you nor will I forsake you, you can bank on it. If he says that you are my child of God, you can bank on it. If he says that you are an overcomer, you can bank on it. If he says that I am the power in you, which is greater than the power in the world, you can bank on it. And you can take active steps based on what God's word says about you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. See, the Bible says, Paul says like this, 
I have been crucified with Christ, and yet not I, but, but Christ lives in me. So as a Christian, we who have identified ourselves with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we who have become the part of the body of Christ, praise God, we have died to self, praise God, we've been crucified with Christ, and now it's not me who lives, but Christ lives in me. Because Christ lives in me, I am empowered to press on, to push off the assault that is coming against my life. Now the Bible says, not only that, the Bible says that, um, that we are, the, Paul writing to the Ephesians says that we have been raised with Christ and we've been seated where? In heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So where has God positioned us? Where has God positioned us? God has positioned us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Praise God. You know, I want to read this verse. Look how Paul puts it in Ephesians 1, verse 20 on verse, and I'll paraphrase it. It says, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he seated him at his right hand, in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. And he put, listen, and he put all things in subjection under his feet. Under whose feet? Under the feet of Jesus. Praise God. Now, what the Bible says is that we who have been identified with the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has, God has placed us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So the question is, where are you seated? Where are you seated? Kessia, where are you seated? Huh? Next to God, Okay. Where are you seated? Brother Mason, where are we seated? Anybody? My brothers, sisters, in heavenly realms. Praise God. Spiritually, we are positioned where? We are positioned in, hey, how's the battle going? Good? Tired? You can go and take a break. And, and Satan left Jesus for a season. You all speaking. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Listen, we are seated in heavenly places. Spiritually, we are seated in heavenly places. That means Jesus, we are seated with Christ Jesus, and all of our, all of our enemies are under the feet of Jesus. That's where God has places. See, where you are seated is very important. All right? Where you're seated is very important. I want you to think about your boss. I think almost all of you have a boss or you are the boss. All right? There are some guys here or some men or women who are a boss at workplace. And there are almost every one of us who have a boss. Now, think about your, your manager who is in your workplace. He's seated at his, at his, at his seat and he has a sphere of authority 
authority. Okay? He has a sphere of authority or where he, where he releases his power. Okay? It is, it is a, an authority based on how far his dominion is. Now think about the guy who is above him. Okay? Think about the vice president of this company. Okay? He has a little bit more power than the manager. His, his dominion or his sphere of authority is far wider. Now think about the president of the company. All right? As he sits in his seat, he has a sphere that is much more wider. So the first guy that we talked about, the manager, he has a restricted sphere of power that he uses. The next guy who's above him, he has more power. But the, the next fellow who's above him, he has the most power. Whether he's seated in his office on a chair or he's on the work floor, he has the power to exert his will and to exert his decision. Regardless of how he looks, how he feels, or what he wore that particular day, that doesn't change the power that is invested in him. That does not change the power that is vested in him. That doesn't change the power and the authority that is conferred on him. Now, this is something that we need to understand. Praise God. In every, every organization in every institution in every plan or the body of christ god has put a order you take the family there is an order in the family praise god when you exert your will over the order that god places it god's word calls it rebellion Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, the psalmist says, the rebellious will live in dry and arid land. Praise God. In other words, when we resist the authority and the power that God has placed over us, the word of God says, your habitation is going to shift. Your habitation is going to shift from the well-watered ground to a place which is arid and dry. That's what the word of God says. Praise God. Because you're resisting the authority that God has placed over you. Now, if you are at your workplace, if you resist, they're just going to tell you to get out. They're going to tell you to quit or they're just going to fire you. But in the house of God, nobody's going to tell you to get out. Nobody's going to tell you to, to, to step out. Because in the house of God, is the language that we use here is the language of love. Because the language of love is used, nobody should take advantage of it. Praise God. In the Bible, we see the, the children of Israel, they resisted the leadership that God had placed over them. When they resisted the leadership that God had placed over them, this is what God said. They, God said they rebelled against the Holy One of Israel. They rebelled against the Spirit of God. Praise God. When they rebelled against the Spirit of God, the Bible says God Himself became their enemy. Praise God. Now, coming back to what we are saying, what are we saying? Our seating. 
where has god is where has god placed us we all need to know where god has placed us praise god we operate from where god has placed us when we operate from where god has placed us god makes us a source of blessing coming in the context of what we are talking about god has placed us in heavenly places in with Christ Jesus. That's where God has placed us. That means he has placed us about everything and we need to operate from there. Every child of God is placed in heavenly places and when you operate from that realm with the assurance that God has placed me in heavenly places with Christ Jesus I am seated with Christ Jesus the overcomer the victorious one who has subdued every power under him I do not have to become a victim victim of circumstances victim of 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 people who want to victimize me victim of any forces that wants to victimize me because I am not a victim I am a victor praise god i am a victor praise god do you have the assurance that you have you are a victor a civil war veteran who was injured and during the civil war went around begging for food and trying to find shelter from time to time because he was injured in the war civil war he could not find an employment a good employment that would sustain him so he went from places to place begging uh trying to find a place to live but we but he always talked about the president being one who fought by his side and one who was his friend and so he used to talk about this constantly so one day one of the bystander who overheard him bragging about the president lincoln being his friend asked him hey man we don't believe what you are saying we don't believe what you are saying you know your you seems to be saying things which is which is unbelievable is there any proof can you prove that you are really you really know the president he says yeah i do have a proof that i really do know the president in fact he one day gave me a piece of letter and he signed it and he pulled it into his book put his hand into his pocket pulled out a crumpled piece of paper pulled it out and he said that even if i can't read properly i know the president's signature he handed it over to the bystander the bystander uh, unfolded the piece of paper and read it and on it it said that this civil war veteran was awarded a pension by the government that would take care of his entire life but this man because he could not read had crumpled this piece of paper and carried it in his pocket for a long time asking for handouts for sustenance quite often this is what happens to the children of god we are unaware of what our position is in christ jesus 
Praise God. We are unaware of it. But God wants us to know what our position is in Christ Jesus. One. Number two, God wants you and I to know what is it, the provision that God has for this position. So we need to know what? One, we need to know our position. Number two, with the position comes what? Provision. Praise God. You know, when God gives you a position, there is a provision that comes along with it. Number three, he not only gives you a provision, with the position comes what? Power. Praise God. With the position comes not only provision, it also power comes. Praise God. Power to do what? Power to overcome the enemy. Praise God. When the assault comes against you, you resist not by your power, but by the power of God. The power rested in me. The power conferred on me. Praise God. The power of the one who is resident in you and Praise God. Resist the devil and evil. Flee. All eyes closed. Praise God. Do you believe what God says about you? God calls you an overcomer. Overcomer, not virtue of who we are, what we are, Praise God of our own self, but overcomer based on what Christ has done in us, for us. Praise God. Overcomer because of where God has positioned us. Overcomer because of the power that is operating in and through us. Overcomer because of the provision that God has for you and for me. It's a victory of faith. How is your faith this, this morning? Faith not in a program, but faith in a person, Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. I, I put my faith in him, in his words, and I can resist the devil and he will flee away from me. Let me ask you a simple question. Is there anybody in the house this morning who feels let down? Who feels double-crossed? Who feels you are a victim, victim of circumstances, victim because you are victimized by someone else? Praise God. That somebody, somebody let you down. Somebody walked all over you. I want to tell you, God calls you and me, son of God, daughter of God. Praise God. You are not operating from beneath, but you and I are operating from above. 
Praise God. Is there anybody in the house who would say, Pastor, I need prayer. I need to have that assurance of me being born of God and thereby tapping into every provision and protection that comes, every power that comes from above into my zone. If you are that person on my right, you want to raise your hands and say, let pray for me. We want to pray for you. Praise God. Anybody on my right, praise God, that would say, I am that person, I need prayer. Slip your hands up. Thank you. Put your hands down. Anybody on my left, praise God. You say that I need prayer. Thank you. Anybody else? Two. Anybody else? Praise God. Let's pray together. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. I pray for assurance of God's word, assurance of God's presence, assurance of God's promises, assurance of God's provision, assurance of God's protection, and assurance of God's power upon these who have asked for prayer. Whatever their situation are, whether it's in the home realm, work realm, business realm, spiritual realm, wherever they are, Father, bestow grace upon them. Give them the assurance that you are in charge, you are in control, and you will see them through. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God willing, we will continue sharing from...